0: Hey, uh, I really feel like I didn't get to see a lot of you last week because uh, we uh, we were at our dedication of our uh, newest grandbaby. And I did slip in. Y'all just, uh, those of you that recognize my voice heard me back there a little bit while John and April were speaking, saying amen. Um, and they did an awesome job. And uh, but I'm glad to glad to get to see and start a new sermon series today on uh, the story of God. Before we get to that, there's a couple of things. One is, uh, this is a shoebox for Christmas. And uh, we've done this before. You may have done it. If you've not done it here at 2911, you've probably done it for other ministries. Um, We just prepare these to send to a Romanian orphanage that we've been supporting for ever since uh, we launched as a church. And uh, to get you started, we've actually got these waiting on you out there. So on your way out the door, grab grab one. Somebody asked me, could they only grab one? And I said, no, uh, grab as many as you want to fill. And if you've got co-workers, a lot of people like to buy for others at Christmas. If you've got co-workers that want to do this, you don't have to have one of these boxes. You can use your own shoe box. But the only thing we really encourage you to do is don't do a really big box because all these going to be passed out. To different kids at one place wouldn't really be good for one kid to get a huge box in their lap where everybody else is getting this. So, so if you want to use your own or grab one, but please help us do this. October 28th is the due date because we got to get them to Texas to get them on a barge to to send to Europe and then get on a train to get up to Brasov, Romania. So, it takes a little while to get them from uh, you know from Mount Olive, Alabama to uh, Brasov, Romania. So, so uh, just join in. This because this is this is something that'll bless you and. Uh, you know, I've also think it's, it's a good thing that Walmart's got their Christmas wrapping paper out so quick, right? So now you can go ahead and buy it and wrap your, wrap your Christmas presents and bring them back. And uh, we we'll plan to have a, have a word of prayer over them before we send them that way. And also one more thing is next Sunday is Purple Sunday. Uh, how many of you know what Purple Sunday is? Some of you remember a little bit, but you don't. Uh, here, here's what Purple Sunday is. It, this, this is something back from years ago, several years ago. My my cousin told me about his pastor. Got up one Sunday morning, and he said, he said, you know, some of you come to church on the even Sundays of the month, and some on the odd Sundays of the month. And uh, he said, you know, you just you just hear like every other week. And so just. To make everything uh, to explain this well, said, so here's what we're going to do. We got to make a change, but we're going to consider those of you come on the odd Sundays, reds, and those of you come on the even Sundays, blues. Okay, and so next month, though, we need to change this up, and so that means that the reds will start coming on the even Sundays, and the blues will start coming on the odd Sundays. Now, does everybody know? you know, if you're red or blue, odd or even or whatever, make sure because we would hate for somebody to get, you know, make a mistake and come on the wrong Sunday and meet someone that they've never met in their church before. And everybody chuckled, kind of scared like you just did, you know. And uh, and so he was telling that story. I thought, yeah, that's kind of cute. And and, And the thought came to me, we don't need red Sundays and blue Sundays. We need purple Sundays where all the reds and all the blues all come together, and red and blue together makes purple, right? So that's what next Sunday is. It's, a, it's like a, a 100% Sunday. We want everybody to be here. Do everything you can to be here, the early or the late service. And if you come into the late service, be early so you can meet those people that are in the early service. We told the early people, hang around a little while afterwards. We told them that this morning so that uh, so they can meet you. So let's do that and get to know. And we're also going to use name tags because a lot of new people at 2911 and you don't know everybody's name. Somebody say amen. Yeah, you know that, right, right, Gary, right. You know, Yeah, definitely. definitely. And, uh, and, and listen, let me give you one more little rule about this and we'll make it all right because, you know, you ever go to a conference or something where they use name tags or or you've ever been somewhere and you're really kind of a little embarrassed to look down at the name tag because that's like admitting you don't know that person's name. Well, you, you know, I give you permission to look at name tags next week because you know. Think about it. Uh, you also need to know how to spell their name too, don't you? I mean, you know, might know their name, but you just so you can look at. So, how do you spell your name? Okay, good. Now I can email you or look look you up on Facebook or whatever. Okay, so uh, we'll do this just to just get one uh, get to know one another a little better because we have got so many new people and and even uh, a lot of our leaders are saying who who you know because just church is just growing so well so quick. God is blessing us, and uh, we want to do this just kind of keep us all on a first name basis. All right, all right. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into this uh, this series. And this is a series that I've been I've been anticipating for several months. God, I love you. Thank you, God, for God just the uh, sweet presence of Your Spirit, Lord, that is here. And God, I thank you for that to be here, Lord the way it was in our worship just a few moments ago. Lord, as you just it's obvious, God, what you want out of us. It's obvious how you want to develop this relationship with us, and you want it to be more than just, Lord, more than just an hour, 15 minutes. You want it to be more than just, just sitting and listening, God, that you actually want to, you want to come into our presence. You want us to step into your presence. You, you, God, you want us to connect, and I just pray, God, that you help us, Lord, with this message today. God, help me, Lord, not to deliver words. Help me to deliver an attitude. Help me to, God, help me deliver a little bit of my feelings of who you are, God, so that we can all just be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. The story of God. Now, I have no idea how long it would take, how how how, uh, how many sermons you would have to preach to do an exhaustive study uh, on who God is. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how many hours you'd have to preach every Sunday, and how many Sundays you'd have to preach every you know for a year or, or more to get to to say everything that is known about God. And even if we did. If I told you everything, if we stayed here all day and into tomorrow and whatever, and I told you every single thing I could think about God, we would just be scratching the surface. (laughs) Because I definitely don't know everything about God. But you know what? If I were to somehow gather all of the knowledge and all of the understanding that every man who has ever lived has about God, and tell you everything that has ever been discovered about God by anybody that has ever lived and is living today, and give you everything, read every book to you out loud, and I did all of that, we would still just be scratching the surface of who God is. I want, you to under, I want you to get this this morning. Here's what I want you to get. is God is so much bigger than you and I can, can even hope to fathom. We can never fully grasp who He is. And so it kind of makes you say, well, then, then, Pastor, why would we even attempt to try? Because that's what Christianity is. Christianity is not a political stance. In some countries in this world, that's what it is. You're either Christian, Muslim, or atheist. That's basically what you know, and it's really political. It really has nothing to do with Christianity. But in this country, even in a lot of churches, what Christianity is to a lot of people is it is it's it's a list of of rules or a creed or a way they live their life. It's things they believe. It's what they call their faith because it's, these are the things I believe, these are the things that God... But that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is a relationship with God that constantly searches and digs and, and tries to find out more of who He is. And that's why, that's why this series, that's why this message today. It's because this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be going for more and digging for more. And even though we know we'll never understand it all, let's, let's try to learn a little bit more about Him today. Because I mean, and this God that that we serve, this God that, oh man, that song, that word, those words, that song that and, and you call me yours, and, and I am yours, I'm forever yours. This, this God, like this. I mean, it is so amazing who he is, and we'll never scratch the surface, we'll never really get to a place where we fully understand him. And you husbands out there, you guys can really understand this, right? Like, I keep trying and trying, and I can never understand this person that I am in this relationship with, right? Because she thinks so much deeper than I do. Now you ladies just said amen about that one. Hey, come on. That's the way it is kind of with God. Is he is on such a higher plane than we are, and we never fully we never fully grasp him. So this morning what I want to share with you is I want to share with you as many omnis as I can. You know those omnis about God, those omni descriptives of him, O M N I, the word that means all. I want to share with you as many of those. But first, let's go to some Scripture. And, and man, there were so many places that, that I started to go. I mean, I was, I, I was digging and I was, you know, man, so many places I was thinking in my mind. And, and then that, that book, uh, that's, uh, the Scriptures in Revelation that, that uh, Britton just read, man, when he read that in the early service, I thought, man, there's somewhere else I could have gone. I, I was wanting to go to Genesis and I was thinking about Genesis because that's where it says, you know, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And that, that's a little bit of what we're t- going to talk about here today. But then I was led to John chapter 1, those first few verses there, because it says so much about the character and the nature of God. Specifically, he's talking about Jesus, but he tells us about God right here. So let's let's go and read these, and we'll talk about all these omnis. In the beginning, the Word already existed, and I chose the NLT for this reason, because most, most versions or translations say, in the beginning was the Word, but... I like this because you, you don't get this. In the beginning was the Word. doesn't mean that He started at the beginning. What it means was, in the beginning, the Word already was. He already existed. So I, I like that. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, this wasn't really in my sermon and in my notes, but i got to just jump in here real quick and tell you one more thing about this awesomeness of God that you and I can never figure out. The Trinity. I mean, how, that, that phrase right there, the Word was with God and the Word was God. You can't be both, can you? Can you be with and be The same, I mean, it's kind of like being beside yourself, right? You know? That he uh, he is God, but he's with God. You can't really be both, but that's who he is, and that's the way the Trinity is, right? And listen, I've had all kinds of people trying to explain to me the Trinity. You know, use all those explanations like the egg. You know, it's got the the eggshell, it's got the yolk, and it's got the white. You know, or or that cherry pie thing. You know about how you cut it in three pieces. But it, you know, if it's a if it's a good cherry pie, not one that's been sitting on the counter down at the convenience store for three months. You know, if it's a good one, you know, as soon as you run your knife through it and you cut it into three pieces, all that goo just right goes right back together. And you can still see the cut part, but, uh, so it looks like it's three, but it's really one on the inside. None of those, none of those explain to me what the Trinity is. I don't understand. My, my mind can't put that together because it's either, you know, one is one and three is three, but one is not three and three is not one. So I don't understand. Is there anybody here that uh, could, could explain to us the Trinity? Don't raise your hand because you're just going to show how foolish you are because nobody can explain that. One is not three. Three is not one, yet that's who God is. He is a Trinity and we don't understand that. I mean, this is who God is. He's amazing. He's, he's bigger than you and I can understand. God created everything through him, the Word. God created everything through Jesus Christ. And nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Okay, so the first thing we learn about God is right there. that we're, In the beginning, and what we're talking about is, it, we're talking about like the beginning of time, okay? The, the beginning of earth time. The beginning of all this stuff with us cause there really whatever a beginning beginning uh, except for the beginning of this earth. Okay, so in the beginning the word already was or God is omnipresent. That's the first army for you. Omnipresent. You know what that means? It means he existed in all time. He always was, he is today and he always will be. Now, I don't I don't understand this. I, I you know, I can kind of grasp a little bit like there'll be no end of time. Okay, if we're on a timeline here, there's no end of time. Time's going to we'll keep going. I can kind of grasp the fact of like if it ends, okay, what about now, five seconds later? And what about now? What about, so I'm kind of, but I still I still really can't grasp that because I just can't imagine that there can be no end of time. But what I really can't get is that there was no beginning to God. There was a beginning of the earth, but there was no beginning to God. It's like, yeah, I guess it's the same thing in the same way. Like you say, okay, here was when God began, but no, five Seconds before that, what about that? Or five seconds. And you keep going back. But my mind, can't. I just cannot make that work in my mind. I cannot figure that out. But that's who God is. He always was, and He always will be. He expands he, he all of time. And, and, and when time will be done away with, because think about what time is. Time is the revolution of, 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 uh, of our earth. That's a day. And going around the sun, that's a year. When all of that is over, God still will be. When the earth is no more, when, when the sun is no more, all God will still be, and He always was. And what the cool thing about that is is He was before you were. Uh, but the cool thing about that is is He was before your battles were. Before you had a battle, God was. Before you had an enemy. God was. And every time a new enemy shows up or every time a, a new problem shows up in your life, understand this, that God was way before any of those things ever happened. And those things are going to be around for a little while, but eventually they'll come to an end. Every battle is going to be won. Every enemy is going to be vanquished. Every, answer, every question or every doubt is going to be answered. And when all those things are over, God always was before then, and He's still going to be after that. And you, you know, you, the very beginning of your existence... The first iota of your existence, you know when it was? It was way back in the eternity before the beginning when God already knew that you would be. Wow. And you know what? That makes me feel so insignificant and so important at the same time. (laughs) That All of this and all of this, and here I am. But that God knew me. Way back then, before any of this was created. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel so insignificant, but so important all at the same time. Our God is omnitemporal, and He's also omnificent, okay, because He, which means an unlimited power to create all things. He creates all things. He, he, he can create anything, anything that He wants to create, He can create. I mean, He just spoke and things happened. He said, Let there be light, and there was light. He didn't go turn on the switch because nobody had invented the switch. You know, he didn't make the sun start to shine because there wasn't a sun. He created the sun and he created it all out of nothing. You know, he took nothing and he created. I mean, it's not that he recreated. He didn't devise things. He had to create things because there was nothing except him. He is omnipotent. And I know there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of attacks still against creationism. You know, we, we got a term for it, creationism. It's just believing in the Bible. There's a lot, even in the church, people say, well, I don't know. You know, do you really believe all of that, that God did all of that? I just believe it's, it's this way or this way or that way and, and those kinds of things. There's a, there's, there's a lot of that, but can I tell you something? It takes a whole lot more faith for me to believe what I see out here happened by accident than to believe that there was a great, awesome, supreme God who just took it all and said, boom, here it is, and he made it happen. I mean, you know, the other day, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I was walking around on our deck back there, and we've got we've got uh, uh, we've got a t- couple of tomato plants. Anybody ever raised tomato plants? Anybody? Yeah, a few more people in second service than first. Service. We we've never done that. We've never raised tomatoes. One because I don't like tomatoes, and two because David don't like raising things. You know, so we've never done that kind of a thing. And so my dad had gotten a, gotten some plants started, and he gave us four. And we killed two, and uh, so we still had two going. And uh, we didn't know these were going to make it because you know the. the the, the first little tomatoes, they came out, man, they were going, and I was, I, I was amazed. I'd seen things grow before, but, but uh, not really been into tomatoes, but I was just kind of amazed. And they got about this big, and then they stopped growing. I thought, oh, no, we've killed these two. They, you know, they were, you know David, David was waiting on them things to get big, you know, green. She's going to cut them off, you know, make fried green tomatoes, you know, cut them up, and, and uh, so we were waiting, and they just got that big, and then they started turning red, and I was talking to mom and dad one day, and, and then they told us, oh, no, 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 those are like, like a, a patio or a salad tomato. They don't get that. We thought we'd kill those too. Uh, you know, but I was walking around and I, I'd look and, and they turned red and like, I, don't, I don't know if she's eating them or whatever. We're picking them, and taking them out. Somebody's eating them at the house. But, you know, and I was looking at them and I thought, what an amazing thing. You ever seen a tomato seed? Anybody ever seen a tomato? You know, you know how big a tomato seed is? How little a tomato seed is? And in that tomato seed, it's like there is a microchip, but it's not a digital micro, It's an organic microchip you know, the DNA or whatever. But it's like there's a microchip in there that has the programming for everything that that plant is supposed to do and supposed to become. And I mean, really, you know, all you basically have to do, you put some water on that dried tomato seed and that thing starts breaking open and a little bit of life comes out of it. Now, you got to do more than that to it, to get it somewhere. But I mean, it starts like that. And it is amazing to me that when it starts growing, think about what happens to it. Is the roots go down, right? Right? And the stems go up. How does it know to do that? How does it know? How do the roots know to go down and the stems to go up? Because because you look at them and it's two different things. The root, they look. You look at the two. They're they're two different things. They don't even look the same. And those roots are going down and and gathering up water and pulling up nutrients out of the soil. And the and the stems are going up and they don't just go anywhere. But those leaves, they're like they just like reach out. To get a hold of the sun. You ever seen them? I mean, like, think about your plants inside of your house. You know, you have to keep spinning them around if they're sitting next to a window, don't you? Because they just kind of turn to the window, like, come on, give me some sun, you know? And you just have to keep turning around. Why? Because they just keep reading. How do they know to go get the sun? How do they know to turn into the sun? I mean, inside, inside this little bitty seed is this organic microchip that tells it how to do all these things. And then it soaks up all those nutrients. And it soaks up those nutrients, and they go up. They go up those stems and produce these leaves that bring in the sun, and the, you know, and, and produce, produce all of that. And then they start producing a fruit, this tomato on there. How does it know? How does it know how? To, I can't take dirt and turn it into something like that. All I can make out of dirt is mud pies, you know, or what? You know, I mean, how does it know to do that? And and you know what? Guess we didn't get green beans out of the tomato seed. We got a tomato out of the tomato seed. We didn't get corn out of the tomato seed. We got it. How does it know to do that? Inside this little bitty seed, somebody put a program in there, a microchip, an organic microchip to tell it how to do every single thing. Now, now, for that to be an accident takes a whole lot more faith out of me than to believe that there is a God somewhere in this universe. There is, a, there is a power that is greater than us that put all this together and said zap, 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 here it is, and it all is, and it's all in place because there is order. There is order in all of this. And you cannot, you cannot cross all these lines of the order. So this, this is who God is. He has, he has an unlimited power of creation, which is an awesome thing because... You know, there's an unlimited number, an unlimited amount, I'm sorry, there's a limited amount of money in the world. There's a limited amount of resources in the world. But since God is omnipotent, He is not limited by the resources of this world. You need five more dollars and we're all spent out, guess what? God's got five more dollars. And if He doesn't, He can create it. If he's got to create a money tree in your backyard to give you what you need, God can do it because he is unlimited in his powers of creation. And he is omnibenevolent. That's something also from this book, from John chapter 1, those first five verses, is because what he did was he brought life into the world. And life, omnibenevolence means he's all good. He's omnibenevolent. He's all good. Everything about him is good. And he brings life into the world and light in the world. Uh, back in uh, the book of Genesis, that's what he did. He brought, phys- he brought physical life and light into the world. When he said, let there be light, and the sun started shining. He brought life, life and light into the world. But then about 2,000 years ago, that's what we were reading in John chapter 1, about 2,000 years ago, he came to this earth again, and he brought life and light to this world. But this time, it was a spiritual life and light. And so now, you have light for your darkness. And I know some of you are saying, Pastor, it's real dark where I'm at. I know because a lot of us, we don't take the light. We don't embrace the light. We don't enjoy the light. And that's what the Word says there in John chapter one. It said the darkness didn't comprehend the light. They didn't understand. They didn't get it. And they hated the light. And so they didn't embrace the light. But for your darkness that you're walking around in, you got questions? you got concerns, you got needs in your life. For your darkness, there's light. He brought light. Why? Because He is an omnibenevolent God. He always brings good. That's what He's all about. Everything about Him is good. And I'm so glad of that because another thing He is, is He's omnivident. It means He sees everything. Ooh, and I'm glad He's all good when He sees a lot of stuff that's in me. You know, like the Scripture in the book of Psalms, chapter 33, verse 13. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. He sees us all. He doesn't just see us. He sees what we do. Hebrews says, 413 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now that's a little scary because everything I've ever done, he's seen. Even stuff that I hid from my parents when I was a kid. We'll talk about that later, mom and dad. Everything, everything I hid when I was a kid, you know, you know, everything that I, you know, even stuff I've done as an adult. And you know, it was just, well, it wasn't really wrong, but we're going to do it this way and we'll get by. And nobody else knew. God knew. Thank God he's an omnibenevolent God. That when he sees all this stuff, he's also all good. And you know that song we were singing? Uh, that song we were singing about, uh, Love Came Down and Rescued Me. Every time we've sung that song before today, I've always thought about that first time that I asked God to forgive me. I was, God, you know, I'm a sinner and, and I'm so messed up. Please help me. I thought about how He rescued me from my sin. But this morning, you know what I was saying? I realized, man, when I first prayed, that first time I prayed, I wasn't perfect. From that point on, I've made some mistakes. I've committed some more sin. I've been rebellious at times. But you know what? This omnipotent God who saw me in my rebellion, He was also an omnibenevolent God. And love came down and rescued me from my rebellion. He rescued me when I, when I, when I wanted to be bad, He still rescued me from myself because He's an omnibenevolent God. Oh man, it's awesome. But here's another good thing about Him seeing everything is He sees all the human race. He sees what others do to you. He sees the plans. He sees the plot. And not just what other men do. He sees what the enemy has plotted against your family this week. Oh man, I don't need a God who's got a few things hidden from him. I'm glad God can see. I know sometimes it it rubs me the, the wrong way. It makes me feel bad that God sees the stuff that I have done and rebellion that I've done, and, 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 it, and it embarrasses me at times. But I thank God He sees that because that means He also sees everything else that is ever going to happen to me, everything that an enemy wants to bring against me. God already sees all that because He's, because he's omnipotent, and, and He's also omniscient. He knows everything. He doesn't just see it. He knows it. He knows everything that's ever happened and everything that's going to happen. He knows what, he knows what mood your boss is going to be in tomorrow. Sounds like, man, we need we, me and God need to talk tomorrow before I get to work because God knows what mood my boss is going to be in tomorrow. He knows what bills are going to show up unexpectedly next in your mailbox. God knows everything. Thank God. We, we, serve, a, we serve this awesome God. He already knows everything. And guess what? We're on His side. We don't just serve Him, but we are His. I'm yours, God. I am forever yours, God. Because He is is not just a God for today. He is a God for for eternity, for everything. And I will always be His. And He sees everything that is happening to me. And you know what? He doesn't just see it. He doesn't just know it. He's also able to do something about it. Because He is omnipotent. He has all power. Let me give you that scripture for His unlimited power. It says, Jesus looked at Him and said, With man this is impossible, but with God... All things are possible. He doesn't just see everything and know everything that's going to happen to you and going to happen to me and going to happen to our families, but he also is powerful enough to do something about it. Thank God. We don't serve a God who only has power for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday to make us feel better for a little while. That's the way some people live their Christianity, as if God only has an ability to make them feel better for an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. I don't want to go back and preach last month's sermon series, but if y'all don't get with me here, I might have to back up a little bit, okay? But we don't serve a God who can just help us for an hour and 15 minutes. We serve a God who can solve every single problem we have out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We serve a God who has the answer to all of our questions. We serve a God who is able to to, to raise up anything. And my goodness, let me tell you something. I've killed a lot of stuff in my life. I've messed up a lot of times, and I've killed a lot of dream in my life. But we serve a God who is able to resurrect everything that we have destroyed. We serve a God who is able to recreate everything that we have trashed and thrown away because He is an omnipotent God. And He is omnipresent. David wrote something that was awesome. I got to read to you in just a few moments from the book of Psalms. He is, He is everywhere. He he is everywhere. He he is, no matter where I go, He is there. He's not just here this morning. And he's not just in churches this morning. He's not just in this church and that church and that. He's not just in... He is everywhere at all times because he is omnipresent. David said this, Psalm 139 verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths of the pits of hell. That's what what these phrases mean right here. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you are there if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Thank God. I don't serve a God who can only help me when I can find Him. In the Old Testament, they they made all these idols and they created all these temples and they had to go to the temple to talk to their God because their God wasn't real. I mean, he, you know, he was just a figment of their imagination and something they created with their hands. But you and I serve a God who is alive and real in every place we will ever go all week long. Wherever you are this week, he is going to be there. And let's be real. Some of you have been to hell. Come on. Some of you been to hell and back. and Some of you ain't got back yet. You've been to hell. Guess what? He's there. Some of you got some of you got to go to hell. Cuz you got to get your kids back. Some of you got to go to hell to fight over your marriage. Some of you got to go to hell to fight over your finances. Some of you got to go to hell to the enemy's camp where your where your 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 physical well-being, your health has been taken, you got to go get that back. Can I tell you something? When you go, he's there. Brooklyn asked me this past week to read her that story about those three men or three or four men that were in the fire. Three men, but it was four men, or whatever, and read to that scripture. You know, and and, and you probably know the story. But you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were were in a in a fire. They were to be burned up, to be punished, and they were thrown in this fire. But then there were four men that appeared, and, and the king even said himself that the, the fourth one looks like the son of God. Get them out of there! And when they got them out, they only got three out. And heard a preacher say, old preacher say, a long, long time ago, where's that fourth man? He's still in the fire. Because somebody else has got to go through that hell this week. He's in the fire. He's waiting on you. He, he knows where your battle is. He's like, all of these things, what this adds up to, he knows where your battle is going to be this week. And he's already there. And he's already preparing. And he's already putting together the solution to your need. He's already creating the thing. He has all this power and ability and understanding. And he's already there waiting for you to show up in your thing. Let me tell you something that, that, that tears me up. Kids, kids that are mistreated and abused. And This past week when that story, I saw that story of that, 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 that mom. I almost, I hesitate to call her a mom. I mean, I'm being real judgmental right here. I tell you, this tears me up. The super glued her two-year-old child's hands to the wall over a potty training issue. I, there's no issue to do that, but over potty training. That about broke me. And I, I, I want to cry out to God, I don't understand God. How do you stand by? How do you stand by and watch? I, 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 if I was God, I'd have probably gone into that room, and I'd, have just, I'd have killed that lady right there. I'd have taken that little girl's hands off that wall and I'd have given her to somebody that would love her. How God do you do you stand by and do nothing? And then God reminds me, you don't understand. That little girl had to go through some hell for a little while. But she wasn't, I was not standing by idly. I was there. I read that story this week about uh, in India where seven, seven-year-old little girls are forced into prostitution. And it's like, God, why, how can you stand idly by? And he said, yeah, there's a lot of hell in this world, but you, uh, you need to understand, I'm not standing idly by. When people have to go through hell, I am there. You see, here's what you need to understand. is the Word of God says, as long as we're in this world, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be offense. People are going to hurt you. People are going to do you wrong. He never promised in this world. Now, in this other world that we've got, in the life after this life, and we're going to talk about that in the story of God in this series. But he never, he never promised, he never promised that there would be no hell. But here's what he promised. He promised that every time you go through hell, I'm going to be there. I'll be there before you get there and I'll be there after you leave. He's in your hell today. And whatever hell you've got tomorrow, he's already there getting ready for it. And he's going to be there when you leave because somebody else is going there too. You rest assured he is there. Three things as your takeaways for this series. So I want you to know this. God, is bigger than our box. You see, I think every time we we talk about God or we, we speak on God, preach about God, sing about God, read the Bible and study about God, I think we expand the box of what we know about Him. But get it, you will never have a box big enough for God to fit in. You will ne- you will never you will never comprehend who he is. You will never be able to pull all of it together. He is bigger than your box. And you need to say, Thank God for that. Because how many times do you not have the answers? Thank God. All the answers that I've got in my box, I serve a God who is bigger than my box. All of the problems I have, I can't answer them with what's in my box. But I've got a God. Who is bigger than my box? Amen. Secondly, He is um, autonomous. He makes the rules. He didn't ask you what you thought the rules ought to be. Somebody say amen. <laughs> you know, and, and this is something that is happening. I've seen this happen in my lifetime. Is Churches have gotten to the place where we've got it figured out. We know who God is. Come to our church because we know who God is. They didn't say it that way, but that's what we've said. We got it figured out. That church is wrong, that church is wrong, that church is wrong. We got it figured out. That is now passed down to us. You look at this country people calling themselves Christians and making up the rules as they go. Well, see, I believe God was saying, it was meaning this when he said that. And he only meant that to these people and to the. No. God makes the rules. And rules don't change, he's autonomous. So, whatever the rules are, and understand this. Every time God shares a rule with us, He's sharing more of who He is. When He says, love your neighbor as yourself, He's sharing more with us of who He is. He makes the rules. I know, I know you want to you know, adjust them a little bit this week to get through, but you can't do that. But you know, that's another good thing. Thank God He makes the rules. My enemies don't make the rules. Praise God. The devil doesn't make the rules. Praise God. Praise God. You finite-minded little people that cannot even begin to imagine all that I'm going through, you don't make the rules for my life. I serve a God that is autonomous. He's already made all the rules, and He created the answers to all of the rules. And I answers to all of my problems. Thirdly, He's sovereign. Stand with me. Come to the front. Let's close. Let me tell you this last one. In closing here at the front. He is sovereign. Come on. sovereign god you know what sovereign means don't you step on up and let's get everybody in the prayer if we can you know what sovereign means don't you it means the sovereign is the one that's over every single thing that happens he's sovereign over you you know what you know i mean that's scary if he's your enemy right because he can just with a snap of his finger snuff you out you're dead you're gone done, you know. That's scary if you're his, but if you're his child, I am yours, Lord. Forever yours. I'm glad he's sovereign. I'm glad he's sovereign. That means, what that means, if he, the sovereign is the one that everything in his realm has to bow to. As being sovereign over the universe, that means everything has to bow to him. Tim, Barbara, what do you need God to do? Just say it in your heart. Just say it in your mind right there. God is sovereign over that need. Wes, angel, what do you need from God? Just say it. Just say it. God is sovereign over that thing. Whatever problem you got, whatever situation you're dealing with, buddy, what do you need? God is sovereign to it. That thing has to fall before him on its face because he's sovereign. He's sovereign. Nobody else makes the rules. He's in charge. So, who else? Somebody else want me to ask you? He's sovereign over it. Go ahead and say it. What is it? What is it you need? Go ahead and say it. Say it in your heart. Say it in your mind. He's sovereign over it. Now, I want—I want to teach you. I want to teach you a little trick. I hate to say trick because it sounds like a sleight of hand little thing or whatever. I want to teach you a little trick. The next time that the world begins to crash down on you, ever happened anybody besides pastor? You're driving down the road, maybe, because, you know, you finally got, you're in the car by yourself, and you don't have to put on that fake smile before the kids, or you don't have to put on that fake smile before your parents, you don't have to put on that fake smile before, you know, your employees or whatever, and you can just be you, and you get in the car, you're all by yourself, and then you can just be who you really are, and you just look at life as it really is, and it just starts crashing down on you. Let me give you, let me give you a little trick. We're going to, we're going to practice it here in just a second, when Jamie leads us in this final song. Just start worshiping him. Just start exalting him. Just, you know, his throne. Just build his throne bigger in the the cab of that truck or the or the front seat of that car. Just just build him up and build him up and build. Just sing a song to him or, or just tell him how good he is. And the more you do that, the lower all of those things will go. He'll crush those things. They'll have to fall before his feet. They will have to fall on his face. And I, I told the early service, I said, and said, why don't you and just crack the window a little bit and just let him run them on out the car door, you know, and leave them on the side of the road for some for some other idiot to pick up and live with. It's time for you to quit living with that stuff and believe that the sovereign God is omnipotent to do whatever. And he is omnipotent to see whatever. He is omniscient to know whatever it is you need. And he will and can because he is is omnibenevolent and he wants to do the best things for you. Amen. So close your eyes with me right now. Just speak. What is it? Jamie, go ahead. Lead us. Come on.